in swinger. Oh, oh. and that's a goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB. To briefly sum up the weekend that was in the football, we've Eddie Brennan on later on to talk hurling, but in the football, Kerry and Mayo in the Division 1 final, Dublin and Kildare drop into Division 2 next year, uh, Roscommon and Galway top Division 2, Offaly and Down relegated Cork stay up by the skin of their teeth, the Limerick footballers are into Division 2 and Louth under Mickey Hart will go with them, big achievements there, uh, Leash and Wicklow drop into Division 4. Cavan and Tipperary come back into Division 3. Very happy to say Billy Joe Padden is with us on the line. Hey, Billy Joe. Good evening, Joe. So we might just start then on really the story of the league, which is Dublin relegated into Division 2. We've talked a lot about them initially in that four-match losing streak and then they steady the ship and then they lose to Monaghan and are relegated. We'll come to Monaghan in a moment, obviously, because they merit some conversation. But what are we saying of Dublin then at the end of this league campaign? Well, we're saying they're not the same Dublin. Um, I think that we've all recognised that over the course of the full league campaign that they they do not have the same strength and depth. The, their players are not playing at the same level. When the the actual the fifteen they lined out in Monaghan and what uh, you know the last couple of games has been a strong team and and you thought that maybe it, in normal circumstances it would be good enough to win those games such as the quality of player. But it's been well commented that they don't have the strength and depth that they would have had a, a couple of years ago. And I think what was really noticeable in the game at the weekend and, and in the game in particular in Newbridge against Kildare where they had loads of possession loads of the ball late on in the game when they seemed to have a head of steam they didn't have that composure that was the hallmark of that great Dublin team in many ways and how well they were able to finish out the latter stages of games in high pressure situations um, That they were really really good at that over the last 10 years and it just uh, in many ways they'd got themselves right into a good position to, to save their skin basically and weren't able to do it, which is so... Uh, it, it's, it's a new thing for us to see this Dublin team be affected like that. That's the thing. Because you could say of the Monaghan game, well, they had some bad wides in the last five minutes of the game and they had some wides before half-time where they could have gone in ahead and instead they went in behind. They butchered some goal opportunities. So really, you know, on balance, it wasn't so bad they could have won the game. The thing is, though, the butchering of those chances, the many wides, they are now trends across several mm-hmm. games. So they are here to stay at the moment anyway. They are, and that's that's about your mindset, your approach. Maybe it, it can be in the way you're training as well, not so much in what you're doing at training, but in terms of the standards you set in training, um, the concentration levels in training. And, and if you t- hear any of those, the Dublin players, even some of the ones that have retired since, it's about those standards that they were able to set in training, what they were demanding off each other. Um, also, the guidance as well in terms of your sh- shot selection. Dublin were so disciplined over the years and not taking wild shots from, from bad uh, places on the field or under severe pressure. We, we've seen a change change in that. But I think that many of the the things that have cost them in those two games that I just referenced really can just come down to poor execution. And I think that is linked to the to sheer mental preparation for those games because I know and we've seen it before that those players are good enough in normal situations to take those chances to you know take those goal chances when they arise or or the simple point or or find the next pass mm. to a teammate in a better position to make it an even easier score something that Dublin was really really good at yeah they're no longer missing a whole bunch of players either Conor Callahan to come back Paddy Small to come back but really other than that 
they're kind of set. This is what they'll have. And they've improved in certain respects, we should certainly say. You know, Brian Howard out of that half-back line into the half-forward line looks better. James McCarthy came into the half-back line. Where, for you, could they do with bolstering in terms of personnel? It's difficult to say because you, you rightly point out that the, the, some of those players you mentioned, like I think Conor Callahan and Paddy Small coming back into the mix in should be will be enough for them from an attacking sense because they still have um, you know Rock and Cormac Costello, really good players. I, I think what they really need is is a bit more power in the half back line, a bit more legs in defence to try and, and and push them up the field, and that'll be difficult. You know, James McCarthy did did that job for them for so long and was so dynamic and strong. You know, can he can he keep doing it you know he might be more comfortable in midfield where he can read the game a bit easier um, I, I think it's about finding that balance in their half back line and driving them forward and I think the onus will come on a player maybe like Owen Merchant because we've seen him in Crow Park you know really use that pace that he has to get forward mm. and he, he may have to have a, a bigger role on the team and I think that's an area that they need to focus on you know, over the last uh, number of years, Dublin's excellence probably camouflaged the situation in Leinster a touch because Dublin were so good that really nobody was going to beat them anyway in Leinster. But now that they've come back to the pack, for the first time in a long time, we're realistically saying to each other, well, actually, who might topple Dublin in Leinster? And uh, this weekend, as Richie pointed out in the news round, there's no Leinster team in Division 1 next year in the football I, uh, what's your read there? Like, it seems me, they've come backwards. They had a uh, off-the-pitch, a rocky... Uh, winter for Andy McEntee who knows to what extent that's upset things obviously Mickey Hart's doing a job at Loud Kildare pushing on a touch but no one there really that you feel is any way close to Dublin or in a, in a great place Kildare were okay to be fair in Division 1 this year just not so much away from home but Leinster football generally <sighs> Yes, well, I think the evidence is there. If you, you don't have a team in Division One, if, if if somebody was going to to topple Dubs and uh, the Dubs and Leinster, you would have to see marked improvement. And and maybe Meath had put themselves in that situation two two maybe two seasons ago, but they they haven't been able to push it forward. They've been too inconsistent, and just their level of performance hasn't been good enough. I think Kildare's year, in I mean their Division One campaign. It's hard to be overcritical of them because they brought a bunch of players into it. They've had some really good home performances. I think in some ways they learn an awful lot from what happened yesterday in Carrick and Shand against Mayo and that they went to try and play a toe-to-toe open game of football against Mayo and Mayo just absolutely loved that. And and in a, in a high-scoring game, they were able to run, run them off the field. And they learn from that, that that you cannot always do that. You have to be a bit more patient at times, a bit more considered, a bit more defensively solid. Now, whether they can make up that ground in the short space of time over the next couple of weeks I don't I'm not so sure but if they Kildare seem the most likely if they're able to go on and have a good season this year and again focus on Division 2 get back into Division 1 and maybe next season if Dublin don't don't improve but when you look at it Dublin are red hot favourites to win Leinster and it'd be a brave person to, to call it against them yeah, it's hard to know with me, the Nanny McEntee, to what extent the executive committee vote against him has destabilised things. Certainly, you know, when it was put to the county board, uh, he uh, had the vote to remove him at 36%, which is well short of the 60 required. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a messy October and it does undercut a manager. We, pr- we may never know until his tenure's over and players can speak a bit more freely, but they've certainly gone backwards, Mead, after looking like they were moving in the right direction. Yes, and that sort of friction between 
the county board and a playing squad is never positive. Now, I know some managers may be able to use it in a situation where it's a case of us versus them. But to do that, as a manager, you have to have the backing of everyone in your squad. There can be no dissenting voices in any way, and everyone has to buy into that to create that. And it just doesn't seem like that's the case with with me. They're not really getting the standout performances. No players are, are really, you know, putting their hand up and saying like I'm a division one player and I need to play in that division you know year in year out they just probably don't have the quality particularly in an attacking sense they've had issues with changing of goalkeepers and um, stuff like that they just haven't been consistent enough haven't been good enough and um, it, it's difficult to see whether they can actually turn around quickly and, 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 and get on that upward trajectory again The final score yesterday by the way was Monaghan 3-13 Dublin 1-18 so Jack McCarran uh, both the hero and the man of the match consistently across the game. He scored 2-6, won 3 from play. McCarran has been so unlucky with cruciate injuries early in his career. But I think, Billy Joe, everybody in football knows the talent that is there. And he's had some big moments. In fact, one's just like this against Galway last year. But he's had some big, big moments across his career despite the injuries. And, I mean, his display yesterday is class. It's classy in the absence of McManus as well. Yes, he's a wonderful player. I think in some ways he's a lot of players now to be dominant in an attacking sense, particularly in the full forward line, have to have some crazy physical attributes. They're either, you know, big and strong like Michael Murphy or, you know, exceptionally fast and and are of great endurance that they can wear players down. He's he's not the best athlete out there on the field. But what he might be, he might be the most skillful player on the field on any given Sunday. And he's definitely got a, a cleverness that maybe is is hard to find a match for the the wherewithal to realize instantly as he's turning to shape on his left foot to lob the keeper there's no hesitation there he's a very clear idea of what he what he can do with the ball he knows where the the space is i think even one of the points he got late in the second half were you know, I think Mo, uh, three or four Dublin players uh, went in and around Mohan and he just stood there, waited for the ball to break out from him and instantly knew to turn to his left, onto his left foot and a shot straight away. It's that sort of cleverness. And then again, you have to add that to the ability he has off his left boot. He has a really cultured left foot and is, a, is an excellent finisher. And I, I think a player with him, when he's not the greatest athlete, if Monaghan can focus on getting the ball to him in the dangerous zone, as often as they possibly can in the game, he has the ability, the skill, the cleverness to create stuff, to get scores himself. There are other days where you will see him be bottled up and he'll it'll be a great pass that'll set somebody else through. He has that vision as well. He's a, he's a wonderful footballer and a player that I love to watch. Yeah, really classy. And like I said, just like last year, kicks the point to keep Monaghan in Division 1. I mean, Monaghan and Cockroaches, really. So Division 3, they win... Yeah, in 2013, Division 2 and 14, and now they've been in Division 1 since 2015 and counting, only carry there longer, which is an extraordinary testament to that group. So well done to them, and we'll see what they can produce in the Ulster Championship. Uh, Donegal Armagh caught the eye in Letterkenny. It finished 114 to 113. Donegal, uh, one point winners. A theme with this league is you wonder how many managers want to be in finals because Reno O'Neill, Rory uh, Grugan, uh, someone from the bench but didn't start. A couple, of, I think four usual starters for Armagh just held back. So you just wonder uh, what managers want. But I guess what I wanted to ask you about is Paddy McBrearty kicks the winning point in the 75th minute and then you just see these scenes afterwards which 
Uh, occasionally you see in other sports but like consistently you just still see them in Gaelic football it's like just in the DNA it's in the culture and I don't even want to say oh it's a disgrace or it's outrageous it's just it's embarrassing like it's embarrassing for the sport that this is the carry on I agree Joe I, I think it's you know it's kind of laughable at times I, maybe I shouldn't use that word and that somebody may uh, get hurt in one of these incidents at some stage I, I'm I'm hopeful that obviously no one was hurt was hurt yesterday. Mm. I think it's so unnecessary. I, I think that players and, and management teams are so worried about taking a backward step and being 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 deemed to be weak or or, or timid in, in some way and that they have to stand up to this sort of stuff. And I think until the GEA actually figure out a proper disciplinary system and a proper uh, way to, I suppose, uh, maybe I'd, I I don't know whatever discipline measures they put in for these sort of incidents because they are totally unnecessary and something that we need to take out of the game if nothing else that happened at the end of the game and that's all well and good you just want everyone to go get home get home and get off and for them to look forward to their championship game but when it happens in the middle of the game you can lose five or six minutes of of a, of a game through this sort of stoppage and it can be used in some ways as a tactical thing during games to try and stop a team's momentum um, and that's kind of a situation that frustrate, frustrate me the, the most um, so I think it's it really again it's something the GA has to sort out themselves to figure out uh, disciplinary measures that can really be in the minds of players that if they get caught in these situations that you're going to lose out badly and you're going to lose out in terms of missing out on the opportunity to play in big games. Yeah, and I do, I, I, I think we take your meaning the word laughable. Like it's amateur in the worst sense, mm-hmm. this kind of carry on. It's just not something we see in any other sport. And I suppose they're going to play each other in four weeks' time now in the Ulster Championship. I'm sure lots of people in the GEA hierarchy and across the country look at it and just think, this is of a bygone era, we need to stamp this out. So what will happen, I mean, Kevin McStay made the point last night, if you were to go through that frame by frame, you can identify the offenders pretty readily. So say they get slapped with a ban, well then we look forward to appeal after appeal after appeal and the whole thing will just drag out and be a mess and... I don't know how many acronyms there are, but the CCCC and beyond will have their hands full. And in the end, they'll all be let off anyway. That, like that's the, <laughs> that's maybe it's unfair, and but that is the traditional view of how these things go. No doubt. The minute I hear it's going to be appealed, I just automatically assume they're getting off, and and they'll be back to play and whatever. I don't know. I was trying to think of it today. Well, what, what reason are they getting off? Is it a technicality in line with the rule book or is it something the referee didn't do in terms of uh, filling out his, his his match report and well, that wasn't done correctly or whatever? I, I have no idea. Thankfully, I, I have no know. interest he probably, to be he probably, honest with you. He probably didn't read them their rights in Latin or something. Like, it's something <laughs> ridiculous, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and look, like, I, I, it's, it's just, you know, I, 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 I try to think as little about it as I possibly can. So we'll, we'll see them again in four weeks' time. Uh, mentioned Cork survived by the skin of their teeth. 121 to 120 winners against Offaly. So they stave off uh, relegation. But it doesn't seem, nothing's pointing towards Cork putting it up to Kerry and Munster this year. Nope. Uh, you, you wouldn't think that they are coming anywhere close to, to where Kerry are. If... <laughs> Really, if you were to be worried as a Kerry supporter, you, you know Cork would have to be making a charge through that division and making big strides in terms of their development. Because you know we know what Kerry have in terms of the forward power they have, the Clifford and Ganey and Sean O'Shea, the, those players that can get big scores on on games. Paddy Clifford, playmaker, very hard to con- contain. Mm. Um, Cork just don't seem to be 
don't have that talent level first and foremost, but they don't even seem to be at the physical level that that some of these top tier Division One counties are in terms of their ability to play hard for 75, 76 minutes, the ability to bring in four or five players who are also at that conditioning level to, to drive it on. So there's still more work for them to do. They really need to focus on putting in as good a performance as they can against Kerry, trying to see how long they can last in the championship and getting to Division One. I know we have this conversation in nearly every year at the start of the year about how important being in Division One is, but it's, it's really important when you're a county trying to rebuild and trying to get back to where you should be because there's no doubt Cork should be a Division One county. Yeah. Kerry and Tyrone, it finished uh, Tyrone 115, Kerry 211. So one point win for... Uh, Tyrone Mayo put 220 on Kildare so they'll meet in the Division 1 final Tyrone a lot of their best players back playing in their best positions several uh, returning to form Bench was starting to look a bit beefier Anthony Moyles was making that point to Jer this morning on, on AM so like Tyrone have been just almost uh, we felt withering on the vine for a lot of this league campaign and then suddenly they get their act together so they'll be there thereabouts come the summer what about Kerry and Mayo then in a league final yeah, it's it's well. I think from Kerry's point of view, first and foremost, it's hard. I don't want to belittle the Tyrone performance in any way because they they were very very good, deserved winners. And when you go through the Tyrone team sheet, it's a very very strong team full mm. of players that are coming back into form, as as you rightly pointed out. From Kerry's point of view, with the Munster Championship being being weaker than than the Connacht Championship. It's, this is a game that Jack O'Connor will 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 have focused on. You know, he, he's tried to go through the league, win in every game. They've been very successful so far. I think it'll be a real uh, important focus for them to win the game. Um, Mayo, on the other hand, <laughs> have so many injuries at yeah. the minute that it looked like for the last three weeks they didn't want anything to do with the, a league final, and they find themselves in in it. Um, but when you look at uh, just to name players like Rob Robbie Henley, we. Don't, they don't know if he's going to be fit for the game. Paddy Durkin, Jim O'Connor all are injured again. Brendan Harrison looks like he's a, a serious injury, suspected ACL. So, right. you know, he's an all-star player in your full back line that, that's out of contention. Still no sign of Killian O'Connor coming back. And then, the I suppose, the on the in the back of your mind is always the, tw- the 24th of April, I think, yeah. against Galway, which is the really, the big game. And in some ways, it's a, it's a fu- kind of a funny situation where Galway are playing Roscommon in the Division 2 game beforehand and then Mayo are afterwards. And you nearly think Galway and Mayo would be nearly more concerned about what the other team was doing more so than their own game. Yeah. Well, it plays out this weekend and then we're into, as you said, Galway Mayo on April 24th. So that is the league done. How would you uh, briefly sum it up, the league 2022? I think you've seen a marked improvement in the quality of play as a result of the amount of preparation teams being able to put to, to together. Um, I, the COVID years, I think, saw a, 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 you know, a drop in standards in terms of the quality of football. I think the conditions had a huge effect on the early rounds of the leagues in terms of the score and ability of forwards. But I think this last weekend, the good conditions, you saw some really good forward performances in you know, McCurry and Tyrone. Um, Brian O'Donoghue for, for Mayo uh, you know, Jack McCarn as we, we spoke about and I think that's a positive in terms of the standard I think it's been very entertaining as well and in some ways the fact that Dublin have come back to the pack means that you, we have, we're looking forward to a very very even championship and even teams like Galway and Roscommon coming out of Division 2 are going to be very dangerous as well in the summer so I think we have a really really entertaining championship ahead of us Okay, Great to have you on, thanks Billy Joe 
No problem, Joe. Billy Joe Patton with us here on Off the Ball this evening and our football coverage is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Eamon and Kildare makes a fair point. Nobody getting close to toppling Dublin in Leinster. Kildare beat them this year and finished out of Dublin in the league. Jesus, even when you beat Dublin, you don't beat Dublin. Fair point, fair point, fair point. But uh, we're suspecting there's more improvement in Dublin, I suppose, is the uh, point I was making to Billy Joe. But I take your point, Eamon and Kildare. Good man. OTB Sports in partnership with AIB.